to U.S. Comics Cast. 60 minutes for the people. I forgot the whole damn intro. <laughs> well, I we're canceled. Do, I can do a second take. You're HQ <laughs> for everything comic book related. 60 minutes, two topics for the people. I had uh, to wait 30 minutes to do this, so I will not be judged by so the likes you of you. you had 30 minutes to prepare yourself, and you still bungle your introduction. Anyways, don't worry about he. That's Charlie the COO, as Casey likes to hear. That's another shout out to Casey. The COO of U.S. Comics and the co-founder of U.S. Comics Cast. That would make me, John Rivera, the one that doesn't trip over his introduction, and the CEO of U.S. Comics. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 77. And for this special this 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 uh, special seventy seven episode we have none other than U S Comics own Stan the Man. Yeah, Marvel had one and he was pretty accomplished, but we have ours too. Stan, welcome to the show, buddy. It's so good to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so nervous because it's U S Comics and it's like I know. Look, you, know? you should be. Very I would important. say I would say that you shouldn't feel nervous, but you definitely should, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> This week, as every week, our show is brought to you by. There's a, there's a there's a pair of them, so there's a comma in here. It's brought to you by your favorite gamer on Facebook Gaming, the Sarge Sergeant Finesse. If you haven't seen him play some shooters or run around in the world of Warcraft or basically be the best parent on uh, on uh, interwebs. Uh, entertainment, you're really missing out. Check out the Sarge right here on Facebook Gaming. If you're listening to this as a podcast, go to Facebook Gaming. Check out the Sarge, Sergeant Finesse. He is just awesome. We're also brought to you by the most rockin' punk band that you know. They brought us in with that dope introduction. They rock us out every day. They're good friends of the show, of us personally, and they're just awesomely talented. That's right, I'm talking about Bad Mary. Not not so not so tough Mary. Not maybe a little bit of trouble, but bad like <laughs> Michael Jackson sang about bad. Bad <laughs> Mary. They're unbelievable. Um, but now I'm I'm looking at Charlie. He's had plenty of time. I gave him an extra ten minute introduction. Let's see if he can take it away now. Yeah, have a sip. Have a sip of your hip of your Oh well. Without, uh, you know, again, at this point, you all know what Wednesdays mean to me. Comic book day. I get my funny books. I open up. Uh, they come in a nice cardboard box now. I open that up. Inside, they're in a nice, a nice paper bag. I open that up all sexy, and I read my funny books. Well, this I read my funny books yesterday. I got them, sir. The podcast comes out on Wednesdays. Why are you breaking walls, some bitch? <laughs> oh, I'm just, I, I just pulled a Deadpool on you. All I'm right, sorry. So while we're while we're doing video exclusives, for some reason my brother has Gestapo hair tonight. Uh, I don't know what side you're on with that just perfect uh, uh, little pushover. But so I read my comics in happiness order. Come Wednesday, yeah. I start with the books that put a smile on my face. And I read until I get to the books that for some reason I'm buying, but I'm the not sure face. why. Oh. I just 
I want them to be good, but come Thursday afternoon, I usually come across something that bugs me a little bit. <laughs> but it leads me to what I want to talk to you studly devils about tonight. And I want to talk about money in comic books. Now, we, bear with oh. me. I'm not huh, talking about Dan, I was completely wrong. Look at this. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Dan, the, the, we did have money on the line, but it was between Stan and I regarding your topic. Very <laughs> okay. So, uh, what, 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 Don? Okay, I'll give a, a a slight spoiler for the current Batman run. But by the time the podcast listeners hear this, it's been a week. Those of you live, come on! If you're a Batman fan, you're probably reading that as soon as you get your grubby little hands. But there are a series of events. It's been a, a few headlines today. But now Gotham City has a new richest man, and that man is the Joker. Oh. Snap. The Joker. In case he didn't have enough going for him, he has the uh, he, he created the, the sidekick that's grown to be arguably as big as he has in it's Harley Quinn. Uh, he's been in all of the best Batman movies, almost inarguably. And yes, I'm talking about it's a hard, it's sometimes hard to get rid of a bomb. 1966's Batman movie. <laughs> Comic book money to me is really strange because <laughs> you have you have Bruce Wayne with all enough money to have a bat wing, a bat boat, uh, a mm. bat unicycle, a bat regular cycle, a uh, bat suit. But I feel like that. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, around the corner from Wayne Mansion, there was like a bat dealership, but it had nothing to do with Wayne Enterprises or Bruce or Jeff? Yeah, it was just like (laughs) bat, bat, you know. It was like a like a like a a factory from Wuhan puts out bat cycles and bat mobiles and bat wings or the bat train, baby. This or the bat train, as famously we discussed. Um, it was just like, it's just kismet. It's just perfect. Oh, I happen to be Batman. Now there's a bat dealership right here. Let's see what I need. So what I, what I wanted to ask you guys is in reading this, I had, for some reason, I didn't get excited. It's leading to the new big, uh, summer Batman event. Um, this, this is part of that story. Um, you know, Joker's millions is already being advertised as, as what's going to happen. Isn't that a slot machine in Atlantic city? I hope so. If so, I'm going (laughs) to donate some money when the world regulates itself. But I came across something that really, really kind of bothered me and that there's all these characters with all this money in comic books. They never seem to actually help out their cities. There's nothing, you know, the Wayne family, they put up like a, a, a one train, you know the the I can't, I can't I can't remember the name of the train monorail monorail thank you <laughs> monorail 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 um I know they made it a big deal in Green Arrows comics for a long yeah. time that Ali was trying to use his money for good and but when you talk about these characters with hundreds of billions of dollars like a Tony Stark my question comes where's that story is it just too hard to write a story where it's like well, my suit does X amount of good, but really shouldn't everyone have a suit? And interesting enough, right now in Marvel Comics, and then I'll pass the mic to uh, you guys, but right now in Marvel Comics, they're doing something kind of similar with Iron Man. Black Cat just got an iron suit, and they're advertising for the next big issue of Daredevil 
Uh, I mean, everybody covers a red iron suit. That used to be the whole cartoon. The whole cartoon was like, someone stole Stark Tech again. Like, well, then, man, get us off of fossil fuels. Change your focus, brother. It's not it's not just that they're they acquired them, you know, like to his chagrin because he was busy boozing it up and whoring around. Um, like he's get. I mean, we've seen it even in the the cinematics. Stan, you know, you're you're our guest, brother. Why don't you pick up this ball and run with it? <laughs> uh, well, I feel like <clears throat> I'm gonna get kicked off because I don't really uh, read Batman or Iron Man. <laughs> but Listen, um, these are the kind of bold opinions that this show needs, Jack Abbott. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. Listen, I appreciate Batman. I appreciate Iron Man. Um, I definitely like Batman more than Iron Man because I feel like Iron Man just kind of such a cocky bastard, and I just don't really like cocky bastards. So um... yeah, that's who you have John for. He's the only cocky oh, bastard. How did you beat me to the punch of, of, of just re- I, I... redirecting that to Charlie? Son of a bitch! Because you have a Tony Stark goatee today, you delicious yeah, bastard. Yeah, you are giving us yeah, yeah Tony Stark vibes there. No, but um, that's an interesting thing because I don't think I've ever thought about that, and I think that. The, the writers are just so interested in like the story at hand the that they're not even thinking like, cause you know what? I bet they're, but I don't know. They're not even thinking of like, how can I help the people in, in my, my town? You know, um, it's how can I help little Billy? But it's like, Billy yeah. has a dad who works at a, a sweatshop and his mom is, is working doubles at the hospital because of a new <laughs> virus that the Joker released. Like, yo, you can't get like, Clark can't send one of his Kryptonian robots to to do reception at the hospital so people can be seen quicker. It just seems like an elephant in the room that all these stories have this crazy future tech, but it's not really seen outside of the hero's cave. Maybe it would take it to... I, maybe, maybe because that's like an inconceivable idea because it doesn't happen. That maybe it's that maybe that's why it's not written about. That's you know, right. I mean, it's it, comic books are already fantastical. You're talking about people flying through the sky, shooting right. lasers out of their butts, um, and like you're you're asking people to suspend their disbelief enough for that. But then you're gonna write a story where Bruce gives away half of his fortune, and people are like Get the fuck yeah. out of here, no yeah, way, right. close yeah. it, throw it over their shoulder. <laughs> you wear how many I, that batarangs? <laughs> well, you know, and and we have I've I've been referring back to older episodes because we have enough of the library now at this point. But um, we we have talked about there, or touched on it at least. Where the fact of the matter is, and it's not because of my pessimistic nature. I I don't think I think the news kind of um, proves me out. Is that most people, the majority of people, I would say it's an eighty twenty split. If you wanted to put fake math on it, which I do. Um, <laughs> I think it's an 80-20 split. You give 100% of people superpowers tomorrow, I think you're going to have 20% wearing white hats and 80% are going to be completely self-focused. Now, that being said, and this is something that I was just speaking about on another uh, on another video, but um, the best villains are disenfranchised in one way or another. So you really do fall into that category, or they fall into that category, I should say, of, well, maybe as the reader or the the audience, um, I don't agree with what this particular person did, but I understand why they did it, 
Like you, it falls into that category. Magneto for me is always the perfect example of that. So Magneto did has done some of the most terrible shit in the Marvel universe that can be done uh, in a four color funny book. But on the same token, he's not. He's got horns on his fucking helmet, and we don't socially give him horns. He is a devil. He should be like, he he's Ooh. you know he should be put up there. Uh, am, am I am I lying? Uh, you know, honestly, he's looked at. I mean, he has lined up on the on the anti-hero side of the conversation on occasion, um, unless he's specifically up against you know a complete opposition to the X-Men. But he's not looked at as like, oh, he's he's the devil on on Earth. Um, again, that's a little bit of a side story because he he's not about money. But you know, you well, look I about ultra rich. In, I, I, in the comic, it, it falls into the same category. I don't mean to cut you off, John, but you actually bring up a, a perfect... I do mean to cut you off, Father Mucker. <laughs> um, uh, you did a good job. Magneto's a great example. Magneto is not classically identified as being wealthy. Um, I mean, he has to get those fancy suits somewhere. But I mean, Magneto has had multiple stories within the pages of, of Marvel comics, but specifically in the X-Books, where Magneto has been like, okay, wait a second, this is beyond our swashbuckling adventures. I'm going to start a, a community. I'm going to start a city. Meanwhile, you have these very, very wealthy characters. Um, just to rattle off, just to add another one, uh, T'Challa, the, the resolution of Black Panther was like, we're going to share this with the world. Now, we haven't gotten the to movie, see the movie. The movie. Yeah. What, what we haven't gotten to see is what does that look like? But I think it's a very interesting thing. I think it's a big flaw in storytelling. And we've talked about this. Sometimes with comics, you have to decide what you want your foundation to be. If you want your foundation to be... You know, every couple weeks or every week, we're going to release a funny book. We need self-contained stories, much like episodic TV. So everything kind of has to be reset by the end. Or are we going to build to something being different? One of the things I love most about the X-Men books, very specifically, is they tend to change their world every few years. It's not to say they don't have resets. But I'm very against those resets. I feel like if you have Magneto start a, a whole city of mutants and it's peaceful and they have different technology because Beast is there doing their irrigation system, why is it impossible to say that Metropolis, John, you and I discussed this on a previous episode, Metropolis uh -huh. is the city of tomorrow, I think because of Lex Luthor. That makes perfect sense why Gotham would be technologically behind a city like metropolis i think it makes for i, I don't know it, if it's i think it i don't know if it's behind technologically it's just cleaner yeah well but if you look at something and again this isn't a great example but maybe it is if you look We're at the worlds it. that they built for the cartoons uh batman the animated series versus superman the animated series in that world like everyone in metropolis had a hover car pretty much like everything was just shiny <laughs> delightful metal i never and watched gotham it. was in like the 40s um but Stan, I'll kick it to you. Do you think it's just too difficult to navigate a story like that? You have Reed Richards, Richards, Mr. Fantastic, around. Shouldn't you be like, we don't have carbon emissions anymore? Is it just too boring? Uh, again, I think 
it's such an interesting topic because I don't think I ever thought about it, but really with all the people in each of, in all of the comic universes, you have these people that could really seriously solve so many problems, but I don't know, you know, does it, does it, does it take away the, um, what's like in the story, like the, the cause for a storyline? And again, is it just inconceivable because we don't, we haven't seen it. So writers, not that writers aren't creative, but you know that. Kind some of, of them are not. Page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of them are not. What, what yeah. about you, John? What do you think? Do you think fundamentally it's impossible for these books right now? Thinking of Superman specifically to give you a little bit of a of a, a character that did kind of work it in. The mm. Superman films made it very clear, like don't interfere, and he's already interfering. So oh, him right. holding back Kryptonian tech. I could make sense of that. What doesn't make sense is why Martian Manhunter wouldn't be like, motherfucker, you got crystal housing. This is this is dope. Like, let's turn uh, this off and, and I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call shenanigans on, on that concept for a couple of reasons. And and you know what? Uh, it, it's more of a uh, it's really more of like a senior thesis conversation than it is, you know, an hour long <laughs> uh podcast. But um Ultimately, you really would have to look at it on a character-by-character basis. So just to uh, – we'll strip it down. Um, we'll, we'll kick it back to your to your origin point of, of Batman. Why isn't Batman sharing the wealth? Well, Bernie, I, I got to tell you, I, I think the reason <laughs> is that, well, in terms of just dollars and cents, um, he has – I mean, they've, they've made references to his um, – to his 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 charities and you know orphanages and they they show him as be not being miserly like Scrooge McDuck with his with his very very uh, tall pile of ducats, um, but in terms of technology, um, I, I know I, I yell at Charlie for doing this, but Ellis in chat who's uh, part of a part of our artistic team uh, as well along with Stan. Um, he makes a good point. Some technology, people are just not ready for, and and it goes beyond the, you know, it goes beyond the the uh, conquistador on his horse, you know, saying like, oh, well, these these savages aren't ready for for guns and you know like that kind of mentality. I, I wouldn't take it that far, but it's close. It, it really is close. Can you fucking imagine with the sh- with the crap that goes on in Gotham City now? With pea shooters and knives and rubber clown masks, all kind of <laughs> the type of nonsense. You get a you get a little bit of nuke on the street, and everybody's running around like Bane, like a fucking animal. Um, can you imagine now if they had Wayne Tech? Never mind Wayne Tech. If they had Batman type technology, and you had a bunch of these crazy nut jobs running around with, with I I I if 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 Bruce said eh, they're just not ready for it, I'd be like, yep, yeah, you're hundred percent right, dude. I'm with you. Um, and as a writer, I would never do that because, in effect, what you would be doing is you're turning uh, your regular average Joe into a supervillain, potentially. That's true. And and you almost would have heroes that would feel bad about stepping in and like having to to you know slap them on the wrist because look if I had superpowers tomorrow and I decided I uh, uh, gray um 
But if I went out and I wanted to do dirty, I I don't have I don't have a long storied history of doing bad behind me. I don't know what to do when you're flying, you know, bursting through walls and again shooting lasers out of your butthole. I'm like, I think this is something. Pew, pew. I don't know. It would just be guesswork. So that if Green Lantern showed up or you know, or fucking plastic man for that matter, I would be stewed. I could have a 50 times power ratio to whatever junior leaguer showed up to slap me around and slap me around. They would. And it would not be a rah, rah moment. If, if now it flipped the comic around. Now I'm reading that book. I'm like, well, you bet it's a lose, lose situation. If you, if you're looking at the hero, you're like, well, you better beat this fucking Joe. Nobody. You better. There's nobody. But if even if the, the the newly acquired villain even puts up a fight and has a moral victory, I'm like, oh, Green Lantern, you suck, bro. Turn in, turn in your ring. You do not deserve it. <laughs> I, I don't know, Stan, because I, 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 I actually stumbled over it because we were in a little bit of rush. So Stan is, obviously, for anyone who's even a little bit acquainted with U.S. comics, a tremendously talented artist. Um, he's done much. He's done actually the 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 king's uh, the lion's share, I should say, of our um, promotional artwork. I'm just kind of running through it. So he did just most recently. He did Marshall for us. He did Kaiser. Um, he did several characters which are as of yet to be introduced. They're coming up very very shortly. So make sure you come back right here. At U.S. Comics on Facebook or Instagram. Wherever US you can Comics find it. U.S. Comics HQ. Facebook.com forward slash. He's done some characters where, frankly, uh, as creators, and I know Charlie has had the same experience, where, like, you create this fucking character. Like, here, Stan, you know, flesh this out for me. And he's like, here you go. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that is the guy. Holy shit. Like, even more so... Than your own, you know, um, you know, and I've been told that by by other contributors of ours as well, Craig, Craig Morse, most specifically, who will also be joining us. So, so again, everybody knows Stan is an amazing artist. You can see his work on all of our social medias, um, plural. Which is but at on the US Comics token, HQ. He's a creator. <laughs> he's a he's a, he's an artist. Like, I forget who it was, but but somebody far more talented than me said, you know, give me a fucking tuba and I'll get something out of it. And, uh, you know, so so Stan has, you know, has that that look about him. The second that Charlie posed the question, I could see the wheels spin. I could literally see the wheels spinning in Stan's mind. He's like, hmm, how would that story? Pro-? So so Stan, we'll yeah. throw you a newly patented, because I just made it up, U.S. Comics question of the week. Ooh, um, if, if you were to, if you're not just responsible for the panels of it, um, but for the actual story arc, how how would you see that playing out? So some newly acquired powers, or you know what, money is a power. Let let's be let's be honest. So it's a superpower. Um, it's Batman's it, superpower, right? It fucking well is that that and you know being a total you know sociopath. And a um, great jawline. A good jawline and a you know pension you know pension for having a kabillion minimes. Um, but, but how would you see that, that story arc playing out as a, as a creator and, and having to be an entertainer as well? Obviously comic books are an entertainment for all of us, but the best stories sometimes sneakily make a point for you. 
Um, I, I don't know, Stan. You know, I'll I'll give myself a pause button. How how would you handle something like that? Hmm. You know, I think it's interesting because I think in almost every story, there's always that person, one of the characters that has money. There's some money flow that comes in. Um, so that makes it interesting because it's like, well, how did you get that costume, and how hmm. do you have those contraptions? But I think it would be interesting to see like homegrown group of heroes you know that don't have any of those resources um and how would that look you know no one has like the well my uncle is you know rich and i have all this money so i have this cool mansion because i mean even in when i was a kid the characters that like i have this whole universe in my head and of course there is money that somehow there's this huge mansion and and all the gadgets that go along with it and stuff right yeah so i think that would be a very interesting thing to because I think we see that all the time. Yeah. So it'd be it's very interesting to see. It, yeah, it is, it is but, a trope. But like any other trope, I think there's this whole avenue to use it in a much different way. Um, I, I think it's something that, for a long time, a lot of comics are written, again, somewhat disposably. Um, not, not when they're one shots, a one shot is a one shot. It's here's one little snippet. Here's a complete story. It's like getting a, a graphic novel that was designed beginning, middle, end ongoings are a different beast, but that doesn't mean an ongoing can't evolve. I think despite some arguable story limitations or some logics you have to fight through, I do think avoiding questions like this in comics which a lot do until it's convenient i think part of the reason is and again i only have a couple minutes left so i'll let you guys get a couple I'm more checking in. but um <laughs> but you know they're obviously going to run with the story of like uh oh joker has a hundred billion dollars now what craziness is going to ensue but bruce has always had 50 billion and bruce is arguably a bad example because i don't hate that idea that like some technology is too dangerous. With that being said, the idea of gas stations still looking like gas stations in the DC universe seems weird to me. And they do all these reboots and resets, but to never get to a point where there are real changes. Would a cop still look like a cop in Metropolis versus Gotham? They're not two different styles of cop that's not an interesting story well, to tell you know yeah. you know who actually did it most recently and and again th throwing back to a for to a prior episode um you can, which you can find uh at, at uh you know in their completion um <laughs> watchmen really kind of touched on on what you're talking about also charlie the series 100%. um because they're they're supers for lack of a better term um, has made a socio uh, impact on the world around them. I think it is really important when you're telling these stories that um, unless the story is the 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 introduction of superheroes or or powered people or gifted or uh, however you want to deem them, um, unless the story is an introduction story, which Charlie and I are. are vehemently opposed to um <laughs> you you really do have to have a different variation of everyday life just speaking personally so 
I was arcing out um, a couple of potential uh, ladder stories for for U.S. comics to to uh, to travel down, and I had the thought. So here we have, and we're we're writing and illustrating, showing an alternate universe, but is it so alternate that something like COVID wouldn't exist? And I have that thought a lot of times on these episodic shows and things like that, or even movies that come out. Are they almost like, again, Marvel Universe has had to do, uh, is reference some of the crazy shit. Like, oh, remember when the aliens came out of the sky? Oh, that was a Tuesday, right? Um, <laughs> and, and today's Wednesday, so it's comic book day. Um, so, so you do have to at least acknowledge some of the insanity that happens on, on often a day-to-day basis. Um, and as a creator, I I was weighing out the the, the benefits versus the potential uh, pitfalls. I'm like, well, if I include a pandemic type thing, then is that what the story about, or is that is that just a backdrop? If you're gonna have people, superpower people, magic based people, vigilante type people running around on a daily basis, and that's the norm, I'll give a little bit of a spoiler. Um, so in the opening, I know, jot this down or commit it to paper, tell your friends, um, in the opening pages, uh, in the opening pages of our debut book, you're introduced to several characters right away. Charlie, you have these bullet points. Don't oh. pretend like you don't. Um, so you're introduced to several, <laughs> several characters right up, right off the bat. Now you don't necessarily know that they're going to be people of note. It's more important, and this this is Charlie had asked me about this. This was part of the story arc that I that I paneled so that I could better describe it in sentence form. Because I was originally I'm like, how the fuck do I how the fuck do I do I write that out? Let me draw it, and then let me write the description of what I just drew. And it's it's pencil sketches. It's it's nothing, um, but it will be for sale on eBay one day. Um, I've already stolen some. Yeah, you have um, spoiler again. You're introduced in a school, so ninety-two percent of it. To say that we're like we we say humans are ninety-two percent chimpanzee. Ninety-two percent of this school looks exactly as you would imagine. If I said to Stan, Stan, draw me a school, he would bitch and moan and say like I don't like drawing backdrops, but I'll say just do it, and he would draw it a certain way, and it would a hundred percent be. I would look and say, yep. That's exactly a school. But this particular school, as you're being introduced, as you as the panel goes across, you have a the fire bell. You know, you have the the little bell that rings in between periods that we all know. But then you also have a meta uh, event bell. And in their reality, the same way that our parents, you know, would tell us stories about like, oh, well, you'd have air raid drills and you'd have to go under the desk. And you look at, you know, mom and dad or whomever and say, you, you, of course, you're, you're referring to like nuclear bombs potentially dropping. Did you think that going under your desk was going to save you, little narrow ass? You guys never had to do that? Well, I, I no, personally I'm very did not. Young. Oh, I'm here it is. So young. <laughs> One no, because argue, I'm the youngest you, 35 year old. If of in that all half, time. in that half hour wait that I left you dangling, <laughs> if you have worked something out with Charlie, either for financial or emotional <laughs> reasons, and you set him up for to drop his quota no. book, I will be very disappointed. I'll respect you on a certain level because that is some devious savage shit. Oh God, it was just a. 
And that's time for Charlie. I'm the least devious. No, I, I remember being in school and having to, you know, go in the hallway and do the whole, you know. You, know, like, you can speak to it again. That and I'm was, not that old. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, but, but again, like, there's a certain reality. Now, at the time, I'm sure it didn't seem like anything. Same thing with fire drills. Okay, let's line up everybody in school, march you out into the field, because that's how we're going to escape from the hell of hellfire and meanwhile the tallest kid in class you get to close the door so that our chalk doesn't burn fuck you miss mcgillicuddy i am not gonna close the door i'm running my ass out um but but that's the reality so in in our comic book universe they have a bell up on the wall just like fire just like the in-between periods and it's dedicated to when the anunnaki and the fucking mystics are throwing down or in the super rare occasion where a non-powered a person is causing ruckus um it would go off as well and that's just it's a small thing and it might be on a second or a third reading i'm thinking where somebody might pick that shit up and say oh this is this is there every day so while i'm familiar with again the chimpanzee percentages of it this is not exactly my reality also so charlie uh, yeah Considering that we're doing it, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a very good point that that these characters should have a clear, defined effect on their on their you know area around them. I, I think if you don't write that in, you'd have to at least then write why why it's not. I think it's just who's a not cheap, opportunity. who doesn't have money, who doesn't think that is important, who has is coming from the high moral ground of saying. You know, like Ellis pointed out, now you're not ready for it, peons. I'm going to keep the super suit, and you just sit there and wait for me. I don't Uh think it needs to be in every panel of every page, but I do think periodically these worlds need to uh, uh, examine, and they need to justify the version of the world they built. I I don't think it's, um, I think it's their responsibility to say like, oh, by the way, we don't use fossil fuel anymore because this Atlantean powers everything through gemstones and he brought us a bunch or did you it know and then that's the story of like they got gemstones for gas i want a gemstone <laughs> for gas and aquaman looks up and says go fuck your mother it's a it's a it's a responsibility though uh, that that's on the same token so so you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pose this hypothetical to to stan because again stan is not just super talented and and you know funny and and uh doesn't mind waiting half an hour. They're a different um, <laughs> I know, but... but he he's a completely empathetic, giving person. So Stan, let's say, forget about superpowers. Let's say you won the mega the mega country ball lottery, and you are now a billionaire. Okay, and you are. I'm gonna as a writer, I'm writing the Stan comic book, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say. Stan, Stan, he Stan was the man, and he did the right thing, and he started spreading it around right and left. I might write a story just because it's more interesting to read, where the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So he's thinking, well, hey, you know what? If I can give a little here and a little there, I'm doing, I'm doing God's work. I'm doing the <laughs> best thing for everybody. But then, as it then it turns out. The neighbor's like, hey, I heard you gave a million dollars more to Joe Bob down the street. What's up with that, you piece of shit? Or 
Stan Stan pulls a Bruce Wayne and he says, monorail for everybody. It's free. It runs on Charlie's gemstones. And now fossil <laughs> fuels are a thing of the past. Well, you know what? Maybe I work for Exxon Valdez. I'm like, hey, Stan, fuck you. You just upended an entire industry. And you know what? There's now a million people out of work. What are you going to do about that, Stan, with your throwing money around left left and right? So, I mean, you, you can easily, easily write in as a creator, write in all these pitfalls that the very best of intentions would take you down. And that's where interesting stories come from, right? Mm-hmm. Because you would yeah. say, fucking Stan, oh, did you read Stan number 17? What a douchebag. <laughs> and Stan is like, hey, whoa, 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 what the fuck? But on the same token, it was one, it would be one of those situations where you're like, yeah, that was a dick move, but I get why he did it. So, you know, full circle, Stan is Magneto. Magneto gives money away and builds monorails. And Cyclops shoots like. him in the taint. Any last thoughts, <laughs> Stan, as my time runs out? I don't know. I can't even think of anything after that Stan comment. like, I'm never going <laughs> to buy another lottery ticket again. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck you guys. No. You know what? I always think about that. If I won the lottery, like, you know, if I won the lottery, it would be all stealth. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to know I won the money. And then I'd want to be like, I'd want to have this, like, you know, I'd be the guy in the shadow. And just forget it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just wouldn't want anyone to know that it was, you know, coming from me because, you know, I don't want people coming after me. And my family, forget it. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's a, they could have Charlie, but like, you know, if, if they started coming out after some of the real higher ups, then then it'd be then it'd be problem in Johntown. <laughs> Poor Johntown. <laughs> so that's my time. Without further ado, we are gonna kick it to my dear brother. But before we do that, you heard about our real sponsors. Let's hear about our fake sponsors. Beer oh, it love gets it, you geez. drunk. Let's kick it to John. Oh gosh. So so thank you very much, Charlie, <laughs> for that wonderful fake sponsor introduction. Um True story time. And Stan, you can you can back me up here. Uh, and, and I do this for, for... I've done this so far for all of our guests that have joined us. Uh, and anyone who's listened to us for more than an episode or a few minutes knows that the most recent iteration of this show, we don't go in to the show knowing... Charlie and I. We don't go in to each other's um, topic before the fact. Because ultimately, this show is kind of a, a modification of our old childhood, you know, running late drives to the movie theater. Uh, let's see if we can get there. <laughs> where it normally takes 15 minutes. Let's see if we can do it in 10, because that's how much we have. But um, even in those 10 minutes, the you know what will be cool conversations happen. And those were some of my best conversations that I've ever had in my life. So with guests, however, because they're not indoctrinated... I um I do give them a little a little insight not on not on Charlie's topic because I don't know it but I'll give them a little leg up and say by the way this is what I'm going to be talking about now with Stan he <laughs> he had the unlucky circumstance of having Charlie go first I Stan how back me up how confident was I that my first choice of topic was going to be the first thing to come out of Charlie's bubbly lips. I I don't even remember what you said, but I know it wasn't it wasn't money. I was kind of like, <laughs> like a, you know, all. I was thinking maybe we're talking about Wonder Woman or something. But but because it's me that's here. <laughs> but 
I, I was like, oh, crap, how am I going to, like, say anything about this? But it was really cool because the gears are turning and my brain was, like, thinking. So, that, you know? so I, I'm, I have to take, be the unfortunate bearer of bad news. All those, all that wheel spinning, tuck it in the back of your, <laughs> your chinos <laughs> because we're going to save it now, I guess, for next week because it is something I want to talk about. But that was my second topic. Um, I, we cannot possibly go another minute and I know whomever is listening, watching, reading, if this turns into a novel, um, is screaming at us right now that we haven't talked about the return of the not giving any money out in Gotham, not building monorails, the OG, the fella in black when we only knew him as gray and blue, not a comedian, I'm Batman is back. Michael Keaton oh. as Batman is back. It's not a rumor. It's not hypotheses. It's not uh, oracles on top of the mountain saying, I see it in the rocks and I'm going to swim around naked in slow motion. No, it is a fact. I first saw it uh, on my first source of inside information, comic book movie.com. Related to poopshoe.com, um, that he was indeed gonna be back. Now we're gonna get him so back uh, in the form of the Flash uh, movie. Now again, everyone knows if you're nerds like the three of us, Flash can run so fast. How fast can he run? Oh, he can man. run so fast that he this <clears throat> motherfucker can basically vibrate through uh, through uh, alternate universes, and and the Flashpoint is. Probably the best example of it. Now, to talk about like taking a concept and building a fucking story arc around it. You know, whom who I I I really can't say for sure what the creative process was that brought that to to the comics, but that opened up a Pandora's box of alternate realities. It, it really explained the way all these re- restarts and and reboots and you know you can kind of talk them up oh, that that. This all the same way that that DC has Earth 17 and Earth 724 and Earth Blue and blah blah blah. Um, the the Flash paradox really means that we can tell any story that we want. Oh, I'm including the Marvel. Want to? Oh God! I mean, Stan. Again, we'll we'll kick it back to you as our guest. I mean, hearing that we were getting the Michael Keaton back into the DC extended you. Uh, how that? How did that tickle your tenderloins? <laughs> well, I was like, ooh, no. um, <laughs> like this. I, you know, <laughs> my partner Marlon told me that I think yesterday or the day, the other day. And I was like, what? Like my brain just kind yeah. of like blew up because I just didn't think about that. wasn't a that wasn't like a um, that wasn't on the table. You know, it had oh, Michael Keaton radar, come back. That's it fan. That's fan fiction. <laughs> it was like. Out of the Blue, yeah, that's, no, I, it's such a cool thing. I one thing I love, fiction, like Patton Oswalt did fan fiction in <sighs> Parks and Rec. It was like so, so off the, like so out of the realm of reality that you're like, <laughs> that'd be cool. Shut up, kid. You bother me. <laughs> well, we've been yeah, asking no, about this so for decades. I mean, yeah, I, I've been saying it a long time, but Stan, I'm sorry if I cut you off. Finish your thought. No, it, it's. I'm just I'm just so interested to see what they do with it. Um, you know, is it going to be like I don't know? Because I because is he going to be Bruce Wayne or is he playing 
Thomas Wayne? Because it's, it's, it's Flashpoint, right? That's that, what they're doing with the Flashpoint. That's what they were talking about. And that, was, like... that was the um, when when the it's very interesting, and and we're kind of a. a there's a reason why they stashed us away in basements for so long as comic book fans. Now we've seen the light of day and we think we run the fucking show. Um, but that's that's something that, you know, real true news came out. And then naturally people had to go and try to drag it up like, oh, he's going to be Thomas Wayne. And and it was repeated so often. It was one of those things where, you know, like a like a covid rally. I was like, oh, maybe it's true. Enough people are saying it. Um, but but no no uh, apparently the word on the street is at least as far as the uh, recording date he's not going to be Thomas Wayne even though this is Flashpoint he is going to be just older Batman now my tenderloins were tickled because I I'm I'm never satiated so I always want a little bit more so my men went my mind immediately went to ooh. Does that mean now that we are going to get Batman Beyond? And DC DC Cinematics, because I, I Charlie, do we have to grab your tongue and call the paramedics? A little bit. Um, <laughs> DC, I, I refuse to call it the DC uh, Cinema DCU, whatever the fuck they're trying universe to. On Fridays, it's, their we name is longer. Deluxe. Holy shit. But but it's it's a very unique situation that DC finds themselves in, and I'll explain. <gasps> Marvel is in a unique situation as well because of their success. When you have success, you will be shit on for a repeating your own formula, ergo com- uh, uh, repeating financially your own success. You're going to get the inevitable naysayers like Charlie and myself. Stan, I'll leave you out of it. Where we'll say. Man, you're just doing Iron Man all over again. Well, yeah, fucking dum dum, because <laughs> it worked and <laughs> it works, <laughs> and people like it, and they go, "Here's my money. Give me some more of that." Chocolate ice cream is great. Don't go putting marshmallows in it, motherfucker. Just so you can say two, um, you know, ch- chocolate ice cream too. Now with even more motor oil. No, fuck you. I want the one I want. So Marvel is in that that damn that they do, damn that they don't. If they step out a little bit too far, and I'll give them credit because with things like Guardians, they're stepping out with this new phase. If it ever gets back on its feet and they're allowed to record, they're 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 really running with the the space uh, aspect of it. Maybe they just have leftover props from the Star Wars movies that didn't get made. Um, they're like Favreau, can you fix this too, please? I don't know. But they're 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 not completely, um, you know, they're not completely playing by their their own playbook. Now DC, on the other hand, DC is free, and I don't mean they're like not charged. Incompetence has led charging. to freedom. They they are free mm-hmm. in the same way that like, if you're in Vegas and you've bet every fucking dollar that you have, and you see a dime on the street, you're like, yeah, I'll let this roll. Why not? And sometimes that circumstance, that dime hits and you pull, you know, you pull all cherries across the board and you just won a million dollars. DC is in that has that opportunity right now for the most part. And and there have been exceptions for the most part. Their cinematic um, uh, offerings have not been critically well received and financially haven't been what they've been hoping for. And again, Wonder Woman 
amazing film financially did gangbusters and it's the reason why patty jenkins can write her own script and write her own check um the fact that we're gonna see kristen wig in full cheetah regalia oh boy i'm excited for that but but again (laughs) that's but dc affords that freedom because you know their pockets have been emptied by the casino like eh, fuck it let's see what happens and this type of shit is what happens when you're free to just let it roll. One dime left, let it roll, let's see what happens. 100%. That's where I think this is coming up. And I think that um, you know, somebody tweeted, somebody smarter than me, tweeted um, uh, they can kind of utilize him you know, in the extended uh, version almost the way that Nick Fury is is used. And I had heard that conversation about Superman because they said, well, we want Cavill to stick around, but we're not going to roll out necessarily Superman 2. We just want him to pop in and there, pop in here and there throughout the universe because he's fucking Superman. You know, so his stories have to be huge. Let's tell maybe smaller stories, but having Michael Keaton pop up in The Flash I mean, that that sold my ticket already. I mean, how do you see that playing out, Charlie? I mean, here's the here's the bottom line. There are some truths that are true no matter what you do, no matter what my personal opinion on Batman might be. Right. Because, again, Batman, the brothers Rivera always treat Batman like the Yankees in as much as I don't like people who like Batman traditionally. But Bruce (laughs) is fine. Right. right. It's there not the pinstripes' been, fault. <laughs> they've built <laughs> the cinematic Marvel universe on the back of Tony Stark, a very no. interesting character. Favreau worked wonders with that original film. It still sits comfortably in the top three of my favorite Marvel films, and it fits very comfortably in my top three favorite superhero films. It's that good. The. The, I, the fact that we've waited through this many failures, the biggest success stories of DC's modern age, of this cinematic clusterfuck that they call the universe, was without a doubt Wonder Woman, then Shazam and Aquaman, maybe Man of Steel knocks one of them out, but one of those I said with confidence, confidence despite its third act being a little CG-horrific, the other two were like, they were fine. I like those movies, uh, but I like Suicide Squad. That doesn't make it good. That just means I no. liked it. So the fact that you have this Arguably, opera- it makes it bad. I'm like, Charlie liked it? Sorry. <laughs> it could have been Fast and the Furious 92. And Charlie's like, that was good. Fast and the Furious 92 is going to be fresh. They're going to fight dinosaurs in space. Fuck yourself. Um, but no, the why haven't we centered this universe on Batman? It makes perfect sense if you use Keaton in that role. Keaton well, can lead to other non-Batman stories with Batman in the background. A Terry McGinnis Batman movie would have worked 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. It'll work next year, too. People are, are, are literally uh, frothing at the mouth for the idea of this like crazy... Blade Runner looking Batman movie that has such cross appeal you're getting the Batman fans you're getting the Keaton fans and you're getting just like weird sci-fi 
fans. That should have been the fucking answer to Guardians well, of the Galaxy. Let, let, let me let me ask Stan this question because he's he's been waiting patiently. So <laughs> you are now sitting behind the big table, right? At, well, at, at Warner's. So I apologize for that. But you you know you can probably do better uh, after after your Warner's career. But for right now, you're 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 the decision maker there. And I say to you, I creative comes like. Guess what? We got Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's the vulture, but don't worry about that, because um, <laughs> in the, the, forgot the about ret- that. Um, the uh, the the retro uh, wave continues. Anything old is new and desirable again. So we're gonna get him back in the bat nipples, and we are our uh, Schumacher, R.I.P. Um, but but we're gonna get Keaton back in the rubber suit, uh, at least. You know, metaphorically, right? How do you want to approach it? So, so you now have, you have a Michael Keaton contract. How, as a story maker, and knowing, you know, knowing DC, you, your level, how would you use Michael Keaton? Well, in the current um, universe, the, how it is. I mean, it's so fragmented. But mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah, it's it's kind of Batman Beyond seems like it would be a perfect opportunity because you could build it from the Michael Keaton Batman movies you know and and so then you tie in like this that would be uh, the ultimate tie-in you know um I think that's probably where that's probably where I would want to use him Batman Beyond can can you can you imagine so if you're gonna take um if you're gonna put like a Doc Brown right and you have now (laughs) jumped to this point uh, and said, okay, well, this is the line, you know, from from here, uh, from the Enchantment on the, Under the Sea dance to here to Batman Beyond. We're gonna now have this thread, um, which which exists. We nobody has seen it yet, so it doesn't make a difference if you if this is gonna end up on HBO Max, if it's gonna be direct to uh, direct to video in animation form. You have. Or, or, you know, a plethora, give me more comics, give me more, give me more. Or now you say you get, you know, your, your talented roster and say, here, now you have the Keaton verse that you can build whatever storytelling that you want to build off of. So they, they, DC and Marvel both have gotten very, very good at repackaging their own products with twists. They don't have the, the wherewithal that, uh, say, I don't know, U.S. Comics has, where they have, you know, rapidly approaching 80 original characters, none of which are derivative. This is a spot for anyone who's not paying attention. This is an open commercial for U.S. Comics, which will be coming to you <laughs> with big news in episode 100. But I, di- I digress. Um, DC and, and Marvel, again, at least comics-wise, they both have very nice. Um, they, they both have that um, they're, they're tied in to the success, at least of their characters, and they're just they're just re- repackaging these characters. If I say to you now, okay, well now this is the Keaton verse. Give me the Keaton verse version of Superman. What is that like? The Keaton verse version of Wonder Woman. The Keaton verse version of whomever. You know what? Give me somebody we haven't met before. I've been clamoring for this for years. Give me Lobo. Is that is that asking so much? 
You want a character who can talk to the camera and break the fourth wall like Charlie does on a regular basis? <laughs> Give me Lobo. Do, do you want a, a little slice of that space uh, moolah that Disney, um, <laughs> Disney Star Wars Marvel has? Here's Lobo. He rides a space motorcycle, for cripe's sake. What are you doing? What are, I mean, the... the it's literally an open uh, universe. That thread, if it is indeed, I know Charlie's chomping at the bit. If 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 it's Enchantment Under the Sea dance, and then it's then it's Batman Beyond. You've got a long red line on Doc Brown's chalkboard that you can fill in. And um, frankly, either myself or Charlie certainly Stan will be more than happy to fill it in for you, DC. Give <laughs> it just, I, I just just. Very briefly, there's just one moment I want you to imagine. Now, too, because of the comment section on Facebook, we do go live <laughs> on Facebook, U.S. Comics HQ, for our social media. You can check us out. You can see us. You can even participate. I want you to imagine two moments in the Batman Beyond movie. Moment number one is at some point, Bruce is out at dinner. He's chilling with his old ass. We see an old Barbara Gordon. We see uh, a super dead... Uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon. We see Billy D. Williams walk in. Good old Two Face. He got some surgery. They fixed them up. He gives Ellis, a big old hug to Ellis. That's Ellis another Ellis can shout work out. Billy D. Into any project that we can possibly come up with. In his version, Anyone. Billy D. God plays Robin. Him. But <laughs> I want you I to then that. imagine your mid-credit bumper, the mid-credit scene you do in Batman Beyond. Who shows up? Old Superman and old Wonder Woman. Just to remind you that Gal and Henry are now also part of the Keatonverse. How mm. fucking awesome would that be? Batman Beyond used those characters. He had like a weird white S. Throw that shit on him. It would be... It would, <laughs> everyone would know instantly what it's implying. It's implying the Justice League still rolls. You could do a future... Justice League movie without the pressure of being a Justice League movie because they have the new rookie. Terry McGinnis is our new Batman. We got old man Bruce running plays in our ear. Superman is still Supermanning. Wonder Woman's still whooping all that ass, but they don't have to commit to a 300-day suit uh, shoot because they're there for, for their pages. They're there for their days. Then you could have a little bit of that old age reversal shit. You just throwing Keaton's mouth in. That can't be too expensive. Let's have world's <laughs> finest. A young stuntman running around with his mouth probably moving all messed up like in that Will Smith movie. The, it's begging, it's begging for, for that sort of take. The DC has been searching for a way to fast forward their universe because um, they're not interested in origin stories. This I, is fucking I, out. I don't I don't want to devalue your point, Charlie, but you're totally wrong. Oops. And, and no, no, I'm just I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> and and I am going to I am going to kick this back to Stan to 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 wrap us up strong. Um, you now have the the open door of the Keaton verse. Um, you have him committed on paper. Why not if if you're gonna go if you're gonna go in, why not now go all in and give me Keaton 
as Kingdom Come Batman. Fuck yes. Because you've already Fuck talked yes. about like, okay, well, yeah, you need you need this just in terms of action, and and for the for the Batman Beyond. So so you know we we've talked about this like uh, point A to point B and everything that fills in between, but Kingdom Come is in between that point. So you can you can jump around so to speak. Let look. Let's be honest. We've all been that person in the theater that has to fill in the blanks for the casual viewer. I, I certainly know, Stan, you, you've been the, the librarian for, for more than one conversation. <laughs> You're like, oh, see, well, what had happened was... Um, <laughs> so, so we don't have to really worry about that. Charlie and I have a running theory that most comic book stories you can set up over the credits. Hulk did it very, very well in the Hulk, you know, in the Lou Ferrigno TV show. They're like, okay, look, look, kids. Here's a dum-dum that got locked into the gamma radiation thing. Now he turns into a big, ugly, crazy green monster when he gets mad. And scene. Blah, blah, so, blah, blah. so if I give you... So you're now, again, you're, you're in your... You've hit the glass ceiling of your career and you're at the big table at Warner's. And I say to you, all right, we'll play this out. Um, now we're going to... This is going to be Kingdom Come. And we're not going to really put the pressure on you. You're not going to be forced to do Kingdom Come in two hours. We're going to make it a trilogy, banging out. The the one thing that you have to commit to is Keaton. Everything else now is up for grabs. We had 52 Batmans today alone. Whatever. What's another one going to hurt? How would you flesh that out? I, I don't know. So obviously you're familiar with Kingdom Come, one of the, uh, the, the most epics of comic books ever put to paper. So as, as a Wonder Woman uh, uh, expert, <laughs> um the the that version of wonder woman how how do you see that playing like how would you cast her maybe or you know how how would it fit into the story arc how how would you handle it well i mean if you're bringing michael keaton in part of me keeps thinking you know wonder woman in that story was not young anymore she was kind of aging i mean linda was- carter she was a you know? a handsome woman, we like to say. <laughs> and no, and you know, it's not to say that because Linda Carter is, I mean, she's Linda Carter still, like gorgeous. Gorgeous. beautiful. Gorgeous. So how cool would it be to see her in a freaking like golden eagle armor, firing chicken, oh, whatever God. they call it? The fire, the, yeah, uh, that would be oh. so cool, you know. I want to talk so about like a theater be- popping, like you know those those moments. Cap holding Mjolnir wouldn't hold a candle to no. Linda Carter stepping I, on on the screen with if they kept that a giant secret? gold wings. Yeah, oh, uh, that would be amazing. Because then you see, like, the, the camera comes up, and then you see this, like, gold wings and this, like, all this gold, and all of a sudden she just turns around, and it's like, what? I mean, people's I mean, brains, man. there would be, like, heads just I would, blowing I, I up the theater. I'm not the CEO of Warner's in this scenario. You, you, you clearly are. But if if you don't mind throwing a little peon like me a bone, I'm gonna go ahead and insist on she's got to throw at least one twirl in there. At least one twirl for Linda because Linda she's earned Momo! it. <laughs> you know she she made the twirl. That was her thing in the in the movie in the TV show. They were like, well, how's she gonna change into a costume? You know, and. She's like, well, what if I just do this little, you know, and that's where that thing came from, you know, and there's all different ways of Wonder Woman changing. I mean, she 
would do like a Superman thing where she would run really fast and she was like right, in a right. costume. Or then they did like the whole, you know, lasso going around her and it changed, which that would be a cool thing to see too. But I mean, people, again, pe the, for those whose heads didn't blow up when they saw her turn around, if she was like, oh, let me, you know, change it to something a little more comfortable. And she was like, <laughs> are you? I mean, people uh, would just be, they'd be, it would the be, theater would be dead. It would be the pop of all pops. It would be unbelievable. Oh and it would be and one you know of those what? things that anyone who didn't know would immediately be told and immediately oh, yeah. be like, that was awesome. Like, Forget one of those about hindsight it. 2020 It would moves. be like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Like, it, it would, it, honestly, it would be problematic because people leaving the theater, passing the people who were lined up to go into the theater, would be talking about it, and there would just be fist fights and altercations all over town. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be worth it because yeah. I I would be that one. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't believe you did that shit. Oh, you guys are gonna love it though. You're gonna you're gonna love it. The people that would you know, those of us who need to be that we would all be seeing the first run of that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? We wouldn't be going midnight. We showing. wouldn't get that second showing. So no, no, you know, no. pick your yeah. seats. And it's so interesting. Was that? I was saying, like, we would pick our seats out in advance. Midnight oh, showing, yeah. line up there yeah. the Thursday before. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and you know, the thing that's interesting, too, with Wonder Woman, with Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, is people who don't even know a thing about comics, they know that Wonder Woman, and they know she spins, and they know... People just know it. People... <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. Look at her. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they just know that stuff. It's, a, it's an amazing thing that they created that, you know, she's one of the heroes that people just know, even sure. if they're not comic book fans, you know? I mean, not not for anything, but look at how much, you know, talk about pop. Like, think, think, think of how much heat that the, the, TV, um, the TV crossovers generated. And, you know, we're talking about Grabbing the, like the the original Flash from the from the Flash TV show with his velvet Flash suit. If yes. you're gonna run at speed of sound, folks, slap on a pair of Nikes. Do not wear full blown felt. How <laughs> else will you have? What are you doing? Sculpted abs. He looked like a GI Joe in velvet. Holy Crushed cow! Velvet. Let me tell you, we just watched. <sighs> The crisis because we just were all backed up with all our shows. We <laughs> just watched it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't they just have like they had us that the flash of like Birds of Prey, the Huntress from the Birds of Prey TV show?" I was like, "What?" You know, I flipped out. Imagine like you have Wonder Woman, you have Linda Carter in some kind of Wonder Woman outfit, and have like have. Could you imagine if they got um, what's her name who to play Wonder Girl? Uh, uh, I can't remember her name. The actress who played Deborah Winger. Yes, yes, like, yes. Wonder Girl outfit, like I mean, oh. just a little flash. They just it had to just be an hour shoot. And, and, no and big that, deal. And, and that's flash the benefit. Is the right of delivery having, system. The flash is the debatably he's the only delivery system. He's the one. He's the DeLorean, yeah. basically, that can get you where. You need to go in order to tell these alternate just stories. Seeing, I, just someone CG, Chris Reeves, Linda Carter, and Michael Keaton uh, in his prime, whooping some some turkey's ass. I need thirty seconds. 
You might have some people fighting you, though, and saying that to have Adam West be CGI'd in, in that Batman. We can have that one, have, too. You have the opportunity <laughs> in these circumstances where you have multiple realities, multiple universes, what have you. Um, you can have more than one Batman on a singular plane. I mean, we just saw it. Um, you know, we just saw it with Tom. I will not fucking fight Welling. Um, but, but ultimately, and I, and I know I'm, I'm up against the clock and we're a little bit over and it got late and guys, I appreciate the late start to accommodate me. Quit acting um, like you're a person who apologizes. But, it's false but, advertising. I'm apologizing, Stan, not you. Oh, that is. Um, <laughs> all I'm going to say is this, and this is the exclamation mark. If you're going to be bringing back characters for pop's sake, not for our pops, cause he, he loved them all. Gonna, um, true. But for, for the cheap pop of the, the theater, a guaranteed crowd pleaser, I think we can all agree, both on the show, viewing uh, and listening uh, after the fact, we need to bring out Natalie dressed, big hat, tilted to the side, feather up in the air. Say, Jim, that's a bad outfit. Woo! That's the only guy that I need back. 200% my absolute the, the favorite pimp, guy the pimp not from the original Calico. Superman you want Listen, to be in Flashpoint don't make these junk, these assumptions he was not necessarily a pimp he was just particularly well dressed but like I said Kal-El's <laughs> my number one 1A is that dude what he's, if that was the, the whole credit it's like Flash runs past him Damn, Jim, that's a bad outfit. Wonder Woman flies by in a visible jet. Damn, lady, that's a... <laughs> I'd watch two and a half hours of that. Yeah. No, I... It would I be could like a runaway. <laughs> in any case, Charlie, that, that is my time, brother. So wrap us up tight. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you have just been rocked by U.S. Comics cast available anywhere you can hear a podcast. Do you got iTunes? What about SoundCloud? What about Spotify? What about Stitcher? Well, stupid, I named like four of the 35 ways you can listen to a damn podcast. I don't oh, care I if it's bad. COVID. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Get in your car and listen to the freaking podcast. Hit the little thumbs up icon. Throw us a heart. If you're seeing us on Facebook, throw us a like, throw us a share forward slash us comics hq did you share this to your page you lazy you don't want your friends to know that we're your friends we're gonna They're be asking to for money people soon. that you don't Hit even share. like especially people you don't like you'll have something to bond over you piece of garbage and if you're too shy have a beer that's why it's a sponsor a little liquid courage hit it's share not a write your ex-girlfriend about it ex your ex-boyfriend about it and so, for Charlie, the COO of U.S. Comics, I want to throw out a big thank you to Stan the Man. Uh, thank you uh, for, thank for you. joining us, brother, and for accommodating us and for being a part of this uh, uh, rambling, jambling conversation. <laughs> thank you for all your contributions uh, art-wise. Folks, again, um, re-indoctrinate yourself with Stan's talent and ability check out our instagram scroll back look at some of our older who's who pages where you've been introduced to certain characters um again they're continually continuing to roll out we're literally going to do our best 
to try to do it on a weekly basis. Um, when every every opportunity that we can, so we obviously have to get to work on that. But um, we have a little bit of a stockpile, so they're gonna be rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. Stan, I hope you had a good time, bro. Like you, you were awesome. <laughs> I did. You guys are so much fun, and uh, I hope I can come back again and uh, chat with you guys about open anything, invite. whatever it is. Open invite, sir. Yes, please. Um, so, but it's almost 11 p.m. If you're watching this on Facebook, how do we end this show, John? What's the only way we go home here on U.S. Comics Cast? The only way. It's not nice, Mary. It's not pretty good, Mary. It is damn bad, Mary. up.